Hello, friends. Welcome to our short story series. In this series, we are going to share the stories of animals. In this story, we are going to learn about some mice that have pockets to help them survive. Have you ever seen a mouse? Did it have pockets? The mice in our story use the pockets they have to help them carry seeds and other items for storing them away. Without their pockets, they would not be able to store away what they need for the winter. Old Mother Nature tells the animals at school about these mice and what they do to survive. What do you keep in your pockets? Did you know that every little animal within an ecosystem has a vital role in the well-being of the planet? If one species is extinct, it can have significant effects on nature. And if you introduce a non-native species, it can disrupt the delicate balance that exists. Now, before we continue with our story, let's start by making sure you are comfy and take some great big belly breaths. Breathing in slowly through your nose and slowly out through your mouth. Notice how your belly rises as you fill yourself up with air. Breathe in. And breathe out. Notice how relaxing it feels as you release the breath. Breathe in and breathe out. You are becoming relaxed, calm, and peaceful. One more time. Breathe in, hold, and breathe out. Remember, we are all important, have an important role, and can do great things, no matter our size or age. Let's listen to our story. Pockets are very handy things for little people who are thrifty and who live largely on small seeds. Without pockets in which to carry the seeds, I am afraid some of them would never be able to store up enough food for winter, began old Mother Nature. I wouldn't be without my pockets for anything, 
spoke up Striped Chipmunk. Old Mother Nature smiled. You certainly do make good use of yours, she said, but there are others who have an even greater need of pockets, and among them are the pocket mice. Of course, it is because of their pockets that they are called pocket mice. All of these pretty little friends live in the dry parts of the far west and southwest of America in the same region where Longfoot the kangaroo rat lives. They are close neighbors and relatives of hers. Midget, the silky pocket mouse, is one of the smallest animals in all the great world. So small that Whitefoot, the wood mouse, is a giant compared with him. He weighs less than an ounce and is a dear little friend. His backs and sides are yellow and beneath he is white. He has quite long hind legs and a long tail, and these show at once that he is a jumper. In each cheek is a pocket opening from the outside, and these pockets are lined with hair. He is called Silky Pocket Mouse because of the fineness and softness of his coat. He has some larger cousins, one of them being a little bigger than Nibbler the House Mouse. Neighbors and close relatives are the spiny pocket mice. Do they have spines like Prickly Porky? demanded Peter Rabbit. Old Mother Nature laughed. I don't wonder you ask, she said. I think it is a silly name myself, for they haven't any spines at all. Their fur isn't as fine as that of Midget, and it has all through it long, coarse hairs, almost like bristles. And from these, they get their name. The smallest of the spiny pocket mice is about the size of Nibbler the house mouse, and the largest is twice as big. They are more slender than their silky cousins, and their tails are longer in proportion to their size, and have little tufts of hair at the ends. Of course, they have pockets in their cheeks. In habits, all the pocket mice are much alike. They make burrows in the ground, often throwing up little mound with several entrances, which lead to a central passageway connecting with the bedroom and storerooms. By day, the entrances are closed with earth from inside, for the mice are active only at night. Sometimes the burrows are hidden underneath bushes, and sometimes they are right out in the open. Living as they do in a hot, dry country, the pocket mice have learned to get along without drinking water. Their food consists mainly of a variety of small seeds. Another mouse of the West looks almost enough like Whitefoot to be a member of his branch of the family. 
She has a beautiful yellowish-brown coat and white waistcoat, and her feet are white. Buttertail is short in comparison with Whitefoot's, and instead of being slim, is quite thick. Her fur is like velvet. She is called the grasshopper mouse. Is that because she eats grasshoppers? asked Peter Rabbit at once. You've guessed it, laughed Old Mother Nature. She is very, very fond of grasshoppers and crickets. She eats many kinds of insects. Moths, flies, cutworms, beetles, lizards, frogs, and scorpions. Because of her fondness for the latter, she is called the scorpion mouse in some places. She is fond of meat when she can get it. She also eats seeds of many kinds. She is found all over the American West from well up in the North to the hot, dry regions of the Southwest. When she cannot find a convenient deserted burrow of some other animal, she digs a home for herself and there raises several families each year. In the early evening, she often utters a fine, shrill, whistling call note. Another little member of the mouse family found clear across the country is the harvest mouse. She is never bigger than Nibbler the house mouse and often is much smaller. In fact, she is one of the smallest of the entire family. In appearance, she is much like Nibbler, but her coat is browner and there are fine hairs on her tail. She loves grassy, weedy, or brushy places. As a rule, she doesn't bother people much, for her food is chiefly seeds of weeds, small wild fruits, and parts of wild plants which people don't eat. Once in a while, her family becomes so large that they do some damage to farmers' grain fields. But this does not happen very often. The most interesting thing about this little mouse is the way she builds her home. Sometimes she uses a hole in a tree or post and sometimes a deserted bird's nest. But more frequently, she builds a nest for herself, a little round ball of grass and other vegetable stuff. This is placed in thick grass or weeds close to the ground or in bushes or low trees several feet from the ground. They are well-built little houses and have one or more little doorways on the underside when they are in bushes or trees. Inside is a warm, soft bed made of milkweed or cattail down, the very nicest kind of bed for the babies. No one has a neater home than the harvest mouse. She is as much at home in bushes and low trees as Happy Jack Squirrel is in the bigger trees. Her long tail comes in very handy then, for she often wraps it around a twig to make her footing most secure. Now this is all about the mice who reside in the wild and... What is it, Peter? 
You've forgotten Nibbler the house mouse, replied Peter. As I was saying, this is all about our wild mice, the mice who are native to America. And now we come to Nibbler the house mouse, who, like Robber the brown rat, has followed man all over the world. And like Robber, like many non-native species, has become a pest to people. Have any of you seen Nibbler? asked Old Mother Nature. I have, replied Danny Meadow Mouse. Once I was carried to Farmer Brown's barn in a shock of corn, and I found Nibbler living in the barn. It is a wonder he wasn't living in Farmer Brown's house, said Old Mother Nature. Probably other members of his family were. He is perfectly at home in any building, just as is Robber the Rat. Because of his small size, he can go where Robber cannot. He delights to scamper about between the walls. Being a true rodent, he is forever gnawing holes in the corner of rooms and opening onto pantry shelves so that he may steal food. He eats all sorts of food, but spoils more by running about over it. In barns and henhouses, he gets into the grain bins and eats a great deal of grain. If Mr. and Mrs. Nibbler are living in a house, their nest is made of scraps of paper, cloth, wool, and other soft things taken from the people who live in the house. In getting this material, they often do a lot of damage. If they are living in a barn, they make their nest of hay and any soft material they can find. While Nibbler prefers to live in or close to people's homes, he sometimes is shooed away and then takes to the fields, especially in summer. There he lives in all sorts of hiding places and isn't at all that particular where, as long as it promises safety and food can be found close by. This finishes the lessons on the order of rodents, the animals related due to having gnawing teeth. Are there any other animals you would like to learn about? There are ever so many other people of the green forest and the green meadows we want to know more about than we know now. Isn't that so? Happy Jack turned to the others and everyone nodded, even Prickly Porky. There is one little friend living right near here who looks to me as if he must be a member of the mouse family. But he isn't like any of the mice you have told us about, continued Happy Jack. He is so small he can hide under a leaf. I'm sure he must be a mouse. You mean Teeny Weeny the Shrew, replied Old Mother Nature, smiling at Happy Jack. He isn't a mouse. He isn't even a rodent. I'll try to have him here tomorrow morning, and we will see what we can find out about him and his relatives. And that's the end of our story. Sleep tight. <laughs>